Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you are, however you're listening, you know what to do. Five-star review. Uh, I think Spotify, you can do five-star reviews now. I think this is going to be my first episode that's a video Spotify podcast, so that's kind of cool. I got that. Not bad. We're moving up in the world. So wherever you are, YouTube, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Most importantly, today, my incredible guest, I have Dr. Richard Miles Sr. He's a former New England Patriots safety CEO, founder of the Minor Football League, president and founder of the Washington Chiefs. Doc, what's up? Or I'm sorry, it's what's up, Doc? There we go. Let's start the show over. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having us, having me on. Pleasure is all mine, man. I'm very excited. Uh, obviously, just had Kelsey uh, on the show recently. She was an incredible, incredible guest. If you haven't listened, make sure to go back and check her out. I think she was a little oh, last episode. Yeah. You're a good friend of hers. She said, you know who would be pretty cool? This doctor I know. Maybe you should talk to him. So very excited to get to chat with you, Doc. And the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is... Why do you love sports so much? Well, you know, when I was young, uh, you know, we tend to uh, imitate guys that we want to be like uh, when, as we was young playing football. And uh, I never wanted to be like anybody but me, you know. Uh, of course, I, you know, watching all the great uh, football players and stuff, you tend to gravitate there. But, you know, I was more... Uh, concentrating on, you know, trying to become the best player I could be, you know. So those are the type of things that I did. So what what did you do? Like, how did you how did you know what the best was? Did you? It doesn't sound like you look. I mean, I'm sure you you gained and you looked at other people to kind of pull some of the things they did. But how did you know how to create the best version of yourself? Well, absolutely. I was one of those little young guys that I always was kind of ahead of myself because I always played with older guys. Uh, Kenesius Green, he was the first uh, uh, black player to win the Rose Bowl up at Ohio State. We grew up in the same neighborhood. He went to Dunbar, and I didn't go to Dunbar. I went to Cardoza, and we was good friends, and we used to go up there and watch him. And uh, when I was young, I was a little taller than most kids my size, so I couldn't play in the Catholic League, uh, Nectivity. So they said I was too tall. So now I have to wait. While my friends played and, you know, they lost and I feel kind of bad because I know if I played, it would have been a difference. So, uh, you know, that and then when I was in junior high school, I ran track, played basketball. They didn't want me to shoot the ball too much. They didn't want me to do the rebounding, but I wanted to shoot. And uh, Mr. Hedden, Bob Hedden, a uh, well-known coach here in uh, Washington, D.C., called the Cardoza High School, Woodson, um, one of my gym teachers told me he need to come take a look at this young man. So I watched Cardoza when I was young through the fence when they played Dunbar. And he told me that, uh, you know, I heard you was a heck of an athlete and we'd like you to come to Cardoza. Uh, Cardoza, let me say the right pronunciation of it. And I said, well, will I get an opportunity to play? Because they, prior to that, they just won the city championship. So I'm like, ah. So um, I said, well, you think I get an opportunity to play? I just want to make sure it's fair. And he said, I'm like this, young man. If you can play, my mother sat on the bench. So saying that, I'm like, okay, I'm going. But I wasn't aware of, you know, being 15 years old, going to high school, I didn't realize that you have to go to practice in August. 
I thought practice started in September. So I'm lollygagging around and everything. So one of the friends in my neighborhood said, hey, Miles, oh, wow, y'all play Spingon uh, tomorrow. I said, we do? He said, yeah. So I'm like, I didn't know, you know, practice had started. So I had to hustle up at the school. And uh, Mr. Hedens, he said, where you been? I said, well, I thought school started. He said, well, you only got a couple of days, you know, because we cut on Thursday. I said, oh, God. So I'm out there breaking my neck, trying to hustle and tackle. Almost got in a couple of fights because, you know, I'm trying to make this team. They had like 200 guys out there. And so all the girls sitting in the stands and doing this because, you know, the guys could get yeah. cut. So I said, oh, my God. So he said, you know, turn my stuff in and we'll see you next year. And uh, as you was running around, he started calling the different names off, you know, and uh, he called my name. Defensive coordinator, say, you know, Richard Miles. I said, oh, my God, my legs almost went limp. Now, I have been bragged all this time. I played for Cadoza. Never played practice one yeah. day. So, lucky and fortunate, the head coach said, who did you call? He said, uh, Miles, Richard Miles. He just came in. Mr. Hinton said, oh, no, not him. You going back out there, Miles. So, I'm running around the track faster than everybody then, right? So, uh, I'm glad he remembered me. And uh, so now you suit up for the game Friday. And he said, uh, Miles, don't you play center? I said, no, I don't play no center. So when the veteran hunched me, he said, you're not going to get in the game yet. He's just trying to suit you up. So now I got to go pretend that I'm hurt. So I take an ace band and wrap around my leg. So everybody said, Miles, what happened? I said, I hurt my knee in practice. <laughs> you know, I know it was, I know it was terrible, but I, I, I did that. And very fortunate that, you know, um, he remembered me and the rest was history. Yeah. And here you are now. You made it, man. You're on the For the Love of Sports podcast. So it doesn't really get much better than that for you right now. But I appreciate that story. It's it's good to understand we're kind of, you know, how how people get their start in, in some of the easy things, right? Like that's such a fork in the road moment. You had no Absolutely. idea you were supposed to be practicing some random person in your neighborhood's like, hey, aren't you guys like playing next week? And you're like, oh, my God. I mean, if you never made it there, you went into school on, uh, you know, in September. And this is right now. This is how many years ago? I don't want to show your age, but this uh, is a couple you know, social media messages. Absolutely. None of that. It, it, the fact that that the coach remembered me, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, and, you know, I, I, I was blessed on that. But once I, you know, got my, you know, I won a few freshmen that made the varsity team and he, he would always get me in the game, you know, situations. He said, uh, Miles, I'm watching the game. And, you know, I said, I can't find my helmet. Everybody had me a helmet. I said, I can't wear it. But I played because he saw in me something that I knew I had in me, but a lot of other people wasn't sure. And I got an opportunity to play. And most of the guys I played for end up in the NFL and went to uh, HBCUs and, and other, you know, top Big Ten schools at that time. So uh, I was the youngest one of the bunch. And, and, and I turned out to be very, very good. And I pat myself on the back. And I was one of them unusual players. And uh, I played everything because at that time, you want to play when you can play. I want to get that letter. Mm -hmm. Um so uh, I originally came in, uh, I always had speed. So, you know, I wanted to play receiver, but when the coach yelled at me, he said, what you play, young man? I said, linebacker. So some of the veterans knew me, they say, you don't play linebacker, are you kidding? I said, well, I'm gonna have to learn, right? And believe it or not, 
my when the coach transferred to a new school, which Whitson uh, left, which was his quarterback, which he coached with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. And uh, you know his career. And and they said, uh, Miles, but you don't play linebacker. So I played and then I went up and talked to the, the new coach. He was the defensive coordinator. And I said, you know, coach, you know, I'd like to try middle linebacker. And he said, uh, get out of here. He said, every linebacker Cardoza had made all men. I said, well, I'm sorry. I guess I'm going to have to make all men. I said, because I'm a star. And believe it or not, I made all men. I made all American. But I ran. I was the running back. I ran kicks and punts back. Uh, and I played middle linebacker. Not a bad gig, man. It sounds like you were all over the field, flying all over the place, enjoying yourself, right? You only get you only get so many opportunities when you're playing at that high of a level and your skill set is that fine-tuned where you can do all those things. So go out and do it, man. Enjoy it. And it sounds like you did. And and I'm curious. So you bring up a bunch of Big Ten schools. You bring up HBCUs. But I was doing a little research. It looks like you went to Arizona State. How the heck did that happen? Let me tell you, believe it or not, uh, we lost to Roosevelt in the city championship. And I was one of the arrogant type of players. And they was saying, y'all play Roosevelt for the West Championship. You know, they score 45 points a game. And it's a many true words spoken to a joke. I said, well, Roosevelt be lucky to score six points on us. And believe it or not, that's what they be, the six nothing for the West Championship. <laughs> and I was so hurt because I ran the ball all the way up and down the field when we got close to the coach decide we gonna fool them and run another play. It didn't include me. And they stopped us and it hurt me. But just rewinding a little bit, the fact that the Arizona State don't recruit this far. They didn't at that time. And they was up there looking at Roosevelt players. And Roosevelt was the school that beat us. It was real good. Coach Tillerson up there, great coach. And they was, um, Arizona State was up there looking at their players and looking at tapes. So they kept saying, who is that? And they say, who? They say, uh, the guy right there making all the tackles and look like he's playing everything. They say, oh, that's that's Miles. You don't know about him? He go to Cardoza. He must be one of the top players in the city. And they say, oh, well, we need to say, yeah, you need to go talk with them. They did not recruit me initially. They happened to watch, you know, come to recruit other people, and they saw me. And the rest is history, yeah. like I say. Not bad. I mean, you're going from a uh, you know chilly, chilly weather where you're at, right, down to uh, the beautiful desert in Arizona. There, I lived there for a little bit. I absolutely loved it down there, especially in the winter time. Oh uh, yeah, fantastic. Now in the summer, I'll do without it, but in the winter during football season, I'm sure those August practices, you know, the spring I, practices weren't so great. But you made it this far, so yeah. <laughs> it, it, I had to get used to the weather. The climate was different. Uh, had a great coach. A lot of people didn't like Frank Cush, but I thought he was a great coach because I come from an environment where the coach would grab you in the collar. So people was complaining, but that's what I was used to. So I didn't know what the big deal was. But he, he was a good coach and everything. And, and we played and had a chance to play against SC and, and guys like I'm telling my age, Anthony Davis with the All-American running back, uh, Munoz. He used to always get mad with me when I played. He called me dirty because I would hit him on his knee. Say, that's what we get ready to score. I said, yeah, but I'm going to hit you on your knee. Y'all might score. You know, <laughs> he said, you dirty mouth, you dirty. What can I do with them? You know, SC line was so big. But, you know, we, we had an opportunity to play against some great people like Chuck Munson. I thought he was a grown man when I first saw him. You know, I'm like, this guy, 
in college, you know, so it was it was kind of funny. But all in all, I, I really enjoyed the opportunity, you know, playing in the pack because it was the pack eight then. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. It's not, you know, then. So it was just uh, I, I enjoyed it. I had to get used to out there, you know, Tempe, Arizona needs to tell you. Don't go into Arizona or don't go into Phoenix by yourself. And I never understood that because, you know, at that time it was still kind of racist. But uh, Scottsdale, I enjoy going, <laughs> hanging, up, hanging oh, yeah. up there and stuff. You know, I don't want to talk to him and get myself in trouble. But uh, we really, uh, I really enjoyed myself and I, and I took advantage of the opportunity that I had. Yeah, if anyone ever gets a chance, make sure to go to Scottsdale. I'm sure it was a little different in the late 70s, but it's still a blast yeah. now. I was only there a couple uh, couple months ago, actually. It's an absolute blast, so highly suggested. And so how how did you – what was it like? So did you – I mean, it sounds like you're a confident guy. As you said, you work on yourself. You always try and make sure that you're the best, and when you set a goal, it seems like you always achieve it. What was your expectation for the NFL, right? It's not – it's not the same NFL as it is today. It's much, much different. But back then in the, in the early 80s, it different. was still, it was still, you know, every Thanksgiving, people are going to sit down, they're going to watch the Lions and the Cowboys, right? It was still very intense, right? The, the 80s. How, what were your expectations for yourself in the potential to get drafted and eventually play in the league? Well, uh, I knew I was good, but sometimes we can tend to be a legend in our own minds, you know, I like and that. Uh, I, I, I did not, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. But the draft wasn't as big as it was now, you know, yeah. as it is now. Uh, they pay players for what they think they're going to do as opposed to what, the, you know, they know guys going to do. So uh, I was playing basketball at Kennedy Playground when I got a call. And my brother then ran home behind up the playground. They said, hey, you got a phone call. I said, huh? You got a phone call? Come on, come on, come on. So I run back and, you know, I played for a great coach, Raymond Burr, Hall of Fame, and played with the New York Jets and stuff. I mean, uh, and when they called me, you know, I, first of all, I, I, you know, I, you know, young guy, you, you really don't comprehend it too much. Say, I oh, would you like to come up to Foxborough, get an opportunity? Uh, uh, would you like to play with the Patriots? I said, huh? You know, my team was the Washington team, you know, called the Redskins. That's all I loved. That's all I wanted to ever play for. But, you know, then Washington didn't sign guys from the area. You know, they just didn't do it. But in going there, getting a chance to meet some great guys, uh, Andre and Tippett and them, and uh, had an opportunity to meet them. Um, I, I thought Grogan was, uh, excuse my language, crazy, because this guy, would he would go down on, on special. He would play specialty team. But they wanted to play Tony East, and I thought, I, I, you know, I, I just thought Grogan was the better of the two. But business is business, you know, and at that time, then you, know, you didn't really understand that. And then we was just trying to make sure that we get um, contracts. And as you know, to be honest, certain positions will help for certain people. Uh, I'd be out there messing around. And Coach said, you probably could play corner, couldn't you? I said, yeah, but I'm a safety coach. I, I want to see. I said, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Because you know, sometimes the skill positions, if you could play uh, African American playing the corners and stuff, you know, not really the safeties, you know, who would play that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I, I was just, you know, glad to have the opportunity and play, but of course the money is not like it was there. So a guy, you know, we talked sometime about the contracts and I asked the guy, he said, man, I'm good. I signed for five years. I said, you got five year contract? 
And I said, you mind if I look at it? You know, because I was always a business type of individual, although I was a sociology major. And it was a five-year, one-year deal. And he didn't understand that. I said, but you understand, you got to make the team every year. He said, huh? But this far, I said, no, five one-year deals. And a lot of guys then didn't understand business. You, you know, I'm going to just tell you, African-Americans really didn't understand business and not saying that we was derelicts in, in, in terms of that, but we really didn't know. A lot of us was glad. Think about when I was, you know, in school, we would have played football for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, think about it. And then you're getting a little money for it. And uh, I myself, I, you know, I had a daughter when I was in high school. So I was very, you know, mindful of, of, of the money. And the money then was money compared to right now. So these are some of the things that I, I was always curious about the business side of it. And uh, I, that would let me into, you know, you asked me about that. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. And that that's exactly as you said, you know, kind of what, what will lead the rest of this conversation is the business aspect. I mean, you had the opportunity to play in the NFL, play for the Patriots. You're there for four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. So you had some time in the league. This wasn't a cup of coffee. This wasn't a training camp. You were there. You yeah. Were there. But, you know, and it's crazy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, this is started. your show, man. We uh, Football is a collision sport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, technology is not what it is today. And, you know, I hung around for almost seven years, but I tore my rotator cuff. I don't know you, Mike, can't tell. This shoulder, this shoulder is smaller than the other side. I don't know if you can tell I'm kind of a big guy. I tore my rotator cuff and uh, trying to make a tackle. I shouldn't have, you know, and I tore it and I couldn't lift it. And the doctor, I, I wasn't, uh, never been cut on before, so I wanted to get another opinion. I had surgery here in Washington, D.C., and with this guy, Dr. Uh, Nabaza or something, he's probably one of the top surgeons. But the way he said was, you know, you bleed, tend to bleed, doctor. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, you told, you know, we're going to have you good as new and all that. And right now, I still can only raise my arm this much. Really, I can't raise no more. And after the surgery, he came and he said, well, you know, it was better than we thought it was. I was like, Sorry, what are you saying? You know, well, you know, we had to shave the bone down and we had to try to tie the tendons back, but it was torn so bad. I'm like, so I'm looking at him like, you know, and I'm going to kill him because, you know, and then you're trying to go back and play because, you know, once you practice in the NFL and they get you on film, that's it. That's why, you know, I, was, I you know, now if I knew what I knew then, don't get on film, don't do nothing. And I noticed myself out there. And then when you look at yourself in practice, I had a good coach. He said, uh, when they could, uh, even they said, look, look at yourself. And you, you no longer aggressive. In football, you got to be agile, hostile, and mobile. You, you, you know, I'd say people that play football is crazy. The, you know, you think you're Superman and you can't be hurt. Once you're hurt, then you realize you can be hurt. It's a different mindset. And looking at, I would kind of turn the shoulder and all the aggression is gone. And I realized that, hey, this is not going to do it. I'm going to hurt myself again and hurt somebody else. So I knew it was time for me to um, 
think of something else. I did a little teaching thing for me. And, you know, then I opened up, uh, I had a club that I owned and stuff. I always did community service programs. I designed those thugs, those drugs, early youth offender program, conflict resolution. Because I used to always tell guys, uh, young people especially, people's opinion of you don't have to be your reality. Because I was those little so-called at-risk youth too, you know. But uh, I realized that that sometimes you got to look ahead. Mm-hmm. And I used, I got a few friends of mine together. I said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a, a professional football league. So everybody look at me like I'm crazy. You're like, I said, not that semi-pro stuff, because there's no such thing as semi-pro. You're pro or you're not. That was mm-hmm. just that ignorant term. I said, well, if you put a little money in, we can do this, because they had minor league baseball, D-leagues, but all that minor league system. But never football, you know, never football. I said, it's a niche here. It's time to jump in. Do you realize everybody said no to me? Yeah, no, I, I, I could believe that. Absolutely. I mean, we see now, now, like we see every other year, right? There's a new football league that tries to pop up in the spring and it does this. But obviously you've been doing this for 30 years. So sorry to anybody that didn't get in on it. And that's the, and that's the key to it. But I had a few players that, uh, did uh did connect with later i don't know our president here is bobby wilson i don't know if you remember he was the redskin number one joyous choice out of michigan state in 91. uh that's the president here and then we have jamie duke you might remember him he do the nfl today and he played with the atlanta Falcons. so we and dave got we got some guys that played in the league here and understand but i have to use my money and uh people believe in you know, people always, always say it too, documentation be conversation. People don't want to hear about what you're going to do. They want to see it. Mm-hmm. And I started the minor football league. And even you as a business person and, you know, the concept would make you a millionaire. See, people with money don't have a concept and people the concept don't have money. What happened? The people the money buys the concept, right? I started the minor football league uh, with one team. And the Washington Chiefs. I don't know if you had an opportunity to go on my website and see it. And I took this team all around the country and played these so-called uh, semi-pro champion teams. And we would okay. beat, beat the crap out of them. So if I said, well, what league is this? Uh, how do you get in here? I said, you can't. You know, well, where's y'all? What's the name of the What league y'all in? I said, the NFL. And... Uh, so I started doing feasibility studies all around the country, putting teams there. And uh, that's why the MFL is the laboratory of change. And why do I mean by that? We want to bring former players from the field to the front office. Give them an opportunity to be GMs, which you know the overleague not doing it. Give them an opportunity to coach. Even with players beyond the field, if you don't have your degree, we want to make sure you get it. Now, believe it or not, like I said, I don't know the type of uh, individuals. I know you did your research. But if you look at the MFL, you had all these leagues like the XFL that came and went. You know, the Alliance Football League came and went. But the MFL still here. You know, and people say, well, what, what is he, you know? Um, what are we, you doing? I think yeah. that's the question that people are asking, right? And even with the NFL, we had a meeting with them. Uh, you might see pictures of us at the NFL. And Troy Vincent, I, I just thought he would be more understanding what he want. But when Cadell found out about it, it was like, wait a minute, who is these people? You know, um, 
so they call us, but we're not trying to be other than nobody else but ourselves. We the NFL. Just we're like not you. trying to be the NFL. That's we're amazing. not trying to be, yeah, just we're not we're not trying to be anything else. The key to it is affordable entertainment. It's provide an opportunity you don't find outside of college or professional football. HBCU schools, <laughs> you need to come, you know, you get an opportunity to play. Also, I'm selling franchises where we're able to pay players. And I tell players right now, if I, what's your secret all the time? You know, aren't you afraid somebody's going to take what you're teaching them? I said, no, because I told them everything they know, not everything I know. I will never teach you everything I know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we just want people to understand that we have an opportunity here. If you have an opportunity, we have dance teams, just like the NFL. The secret to the NFL is we don't pay players, but we have a million dollars worth of insurance to cover young men um, case of injury. You, most people just want an opportunity, okay? We take care of traveling, hotel, pregame meal, provide the uniform. We even have our own apparel. The league has its own apparel. I, so, I can see, yeah. Yeah, so that way we kind of can uh, sustain ourselves, the money we, you know, make. But uh, one young man told me, say, well, how much y'all paying? I said, how much did you get paid? Where have you played last year? Oh, they didn't pay me anything. I said, what makes you think I'll pay you? I can't pay you. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you was as good as you think you are, you would be in the other league. But let me rephrase that. It's not that you're not good enough to play in the NFL. It's not enough room. It's just not enough room. So guys got to understand that it has to be another alternative league. You know, and that what got me into the MFL. It cost me a marriage and everything else. But I stayed the course. You know, I stayed the course. I I, I respect that. And I'm sure the league appreciates that no. very much. So I'm, I'm curious, though. So you say you started this league and you kind of it sounds like you took it really slow. What was yes. What was the impetus to start the league, though? You said you want to give people the opportunity to become GMs and head coaches in an area that maybe they wouldn't get that, right? So how where where did this idea come from? Where did you say, hey, you know what would be cool? And this is, again, 30 years ago. So this is the, the, the 90s, right? This was all, again, no social media. 80, no 80, yeah, 93 we started. Okay. There we go. So no social media, no internet, like such a hard way. No, no email, right? Did people even have email back then? So how did you no. come up with this idea? How did you then... I know, as you said, you kind of traveled the country to face some of these other smaller teams, but how did this idea just come from, hey, I want to start a minor league football team to 30 years later where you're franchising and you're having all these opportunities and you're building this brand on, on just this single idea? Well, because, like I say, people, uh, you know, seeing is believing. Yep. You know what I mean? People don't want to hear about what you're going to do. And one thing about the NFL and we're not going to talk about what we're going to do. This is what we already have done. We have a track record to show you we built it slowly and surely. Now we built it where we can we can give, we're able to pay GMs. We're able to pay coaches. But that's still a lot less than you would pay a whole bunch of players. And one yeah. thing I think young men respect is the truth. And one thing about me, I'm going to tell you the truth. A lot of kids, like, thank God for social media. Now, right now, I have the NFL Network. I don't know if you've seen that. We do our own show and everything. People, I'm going to be honest with you. NFL owners are billionaires. They got one franchise. They have other businesses, but they football, you know. 
that millions of dollars, billions of dollars. Not me. I got 32 franchises I got to worry about. And we put them in different parts of the country where they don't have professional football. Okay? we. I remember we went to Florida and we did a feasibility study. We were going to put a team down there, which we have down there. And Fox 5 and all of them came. I, I didn't know, really. All right. And the reporter, she said, um, mm, this is nice, Dr. Miles, but I've never heard of the NFL. I said, well, China has a billion people, and I guarantee you not one of them ever heard of you. <laughs> so what do that mean? Yeah, no, she didn't mean it like that. Oh, yes, she did. She meant it like that. But I'm not the one to do that to. All I'm saying is all we're trying to do is give people opportunities like marketing, PR, all these things where kids can actually come and understand and learn about their craft and understand business. And it, it takes time. I mean, it's not going like everybody see and call us now with social media. Wow. I never, this is incredible. Why I never heard of this? You know, do you really think mainstream America at the time care anything about the minor football league? No. You know what I mean? They, they don't care. But when you when you have longevity and you've shown that you withstand, we had a lot of different up before the COVID and everything, we had a lot of disasters to happen. But the MFL is still here. Mm -hmm. We're still here. You know, we just still here. And it's impressive. It's it's impressive. Thank it's you. exciting, right? And and you're talking about, you know, the the minor football league, right? The MFL. And it's if you just kind of compare it to minor league baseball right you can go to however many cities across america there's what hundreds of minor league baseball teams that are affiliated and then there's hundreds that are unaffiliated with the major league baseball i literally have a team that is no joke five minutes from me i grew up going to their games we would go constantly you know why because it's 12 dollars to get in a hot dog is three dollars it's not 15 dollars. i don't have to drive to new york city to watch the mets lose like you don't have to do any of that it's so much easier in the the entertainment on a summer night it's so easy to go to right it's just and i think it's very smart the way you thought of it it's like why would we try and compete in markets that have football they're going to care even less go to markets that don't have it go to go to markets in the south in the midwest that yeah, it's Husker country. I'm, I'm curious. Do you have do you have a minor football league team in Nebraska? Right, they have the Cornhuskers, and they have nothing else. So I'm kind of curious. Like, how did you even think of? It sounds like you did feasibility studies, but start to plant those seeds in certain places too, because you need to find the people with money too, right? You know, as you said, you got the concept. You need the money. How did you kind of start to connect those dots along the way? Well, believe it or not, everything is still owned by me. We're going to sell it. the franchises, but it's affordable entertainment. And when you look at people, it's funny. People like to think they're getting something for nothing, correct? Yep, That's they just love the that. mentality of people. We do a season ticket, admit, it's a 10-game schedule, five at home, five away, each division, a center uh, champion. We do a season ticket, admit four people, all five home games for $100. Now, come on. Can you think math. about that? 20, Listen, 20 tickets, right? No, no. One season ticket, four people come in at all five home games. Okay. That's 20 tickets, yeah. Okay. But it's not 20 tickets. You come in on that one season yeah, ticket. Yeah, well, so it's, but it's, I would essentially have to buy 20 tickets to, to right. make it comparable. So, yeah. But, yeah, we do it a season ticket. Now, you think about that. A lot of people say that ain't not a lot of money, but uh, 
a thousand tickets is a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, but the money is not made on the tickets. The money made on the concession because people in there for three hours they're gonna eat, right? Mm -hmm. They're gonna eat for three hours. So you got four to five thousand people in in uh, in these games. They're gonna eat. That's the money. They're gonna park. They're gonna buy apparel. Then you talk about economic development, jobs where there are no jobs. Need people to clean up afterward, right? So that's the great thing about it. It's the concept, the concept of the internet, affordable entertainment. You don't have to, you know, we just talked to a minor league baseball team down in Waldorf, the Maryland Blue Crabs. I don't know if you heard mm -hmm. of them. Yep, absolutely. They like, Dr. Miles, please put a franchise down. They got a nice facility, a whole like 6,000 people. Great sponsor, big old letter scoreboard. Now, people down in Waldorf don't want to come all the way to D.C. It's too far. Mm -hmm. You're too much traffic. But they had their own minor professional football team there. They'll go. And you just to, uh, go back to your question you asked. I don't want you to think I just no, ignored it. This I had a conversation. A, it's fine. My, my brother-in-law, he went to Nebraska. I told him, I said, look, how would you like to, I'm going to put a franchise out there. You be the GM. You hire the coaches. You know the guys that play football out there. They was ecstatic about it. And if you, if you go on my social media, you'll see that the only problem was that him and his wife had to, you know, so, and I didn't, I didn't want to get in that. Uh, then you have your problem. I want women GMs. We put team down in Mississippi, the Mississippi Panthers. We did signing it. They're all on the news and everything. But the lady want to steal the money. She okay. said she didn't get the she didn't get the, uh, the uniform. She didn't. Uh, uh, she sent the money to the league, and I flew down and took her to the court. And the judge told her, "Said you make it hard. You say you didn't get the uniform. Isn't this your signature? You got to sign for them. Mm -hmm. You know. So it's stuff like that. And then you look at down in uh, Alabama. Remember old Legion Field? Not off the top of my head. Legion Field holds 70,000. It's just sitting there. You got a lot of stadiums just sitting there because most colleges got their own stadiums there. Yep. So, and then what happened to these young men when they don't go to the NFL? Most people look at them, oh, you're a failure. You're a bust. You ain't make the league. And it's, that ain't the truth. The guy is not enough room. But when you can play and be a part of your community, we ask guys to do 100 hours of community service. And then you're still relevant. And I know a lot of guys play in the league, and I'm so upset when I don't want to talk to them. You're not playing no more, but yet still you want to talk about you 47 years old, talking about I could still play in the NFL right now. Who want to pay you? You 47. I ain't going to tell the names. You know I'm talking about yeah, different players. Yeah, yeah. Hey, stop it. But now you have an opportunity to own a professional franchise, yours, not a part owner. Like you have some of these celebrities and yeah. and, and they got uh, uh, what they got, 2%. You sitting in there at the same place, I could buy a ticket. Okay, now you can own it. And I tell people, the MFL, they say, yeah, the minor football league. I say, no, money for life if you own one. That's what the MFL stands for, money for life. And that's how the NFL was built. See, a lot of people don't know the history of the NFL. You blow it young yourself, but the NFL started off with 80-some teams. If you do the research, did you know the first Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know how much the ticket was? You don't remember, right? I, I was very not alive. 
I'll tell you, $5. $5. they couldn't sell it out. And they gave it. <laughs> the first contract the NFL got is from NBC. NBC not around no more. You know how much it was for? $64,000. A little different. See, they, they, now look at it. <laughs> you know, so anything, it takes time. You know, it takes time. And a lot of people don't understand. Uh, they just look at things, and if it doesn't catch on right then and there, oh, but you realize you just stated you never run out of people. Madison Avenue gave the NFL millions of dollars, right? Because they don't care if you come into a game or not, because you home watching the game. What you got on there? Beer commercials, hot dogs, sodas, pizza. What you gonna do? Order, right? That's why Madison Avenue gave them all that money. Mm -hmm. And what's everybody look for now? What we doing now is very innovative now. We don't need regular TV because you got social media. Okay? Makes sense? You think about social media now. Man, you get, you know how many people you reach? A lot. Everybody going to see this thing. So that's why, you know, people don't understand this is this is the new. I got 10 companies trying to uh, give me 10 proposals for screening the games. You know, because that's the way now. That's the new technology now. And people are going to, and, and I, again, I think the way you built it is the best because, as you said, you're going to send somebody to Nebraska, your brother-in-law. He knows the people who used to play there, right? Those guys still want to play football. It's unfortunate that they can't, you know, whatever happened, happened. But they still want to play. And those people in the in the, in the the area are going to know their names. And they're going to be drawn to see, hey, you know when this guy used to play at Nebraska? That was fun. Hey, he's playing it. It's uh, five bucks, ten bucks to get in the game? Sure, let's go. Why not? That's easy. So it's so much easier. And the opportunity to watch these players that, you know, some of these guys might have grown up watching. Some of these guys and girls grew up watching where they remember the heyday and what they used to do. I think that that's really important to just connect back, as you said, with the community. I also just love the uh, the fact that you make uh, you have everybody do 100 hours of community service. I think that's very important. I am curious. Doc, with as long as you've been around the the, the leagues, the, the the league, the teams, the the opportunities, what are some of the success stories? What are some of those? Hey, this guy was a GM, and now you know what? He's 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 in the ranks of an NFL team, or this guy was playing in the league and caught somebody's eye. He was actually able to make it back to the NFL. What are some of those stories? Because that's always uh, those are always nice to talk about, right? Absolutely, but you know, sometimes. You ever heard those saying, when you want to hide something, hide it in plain sight, if yes. you want to hide it? Now, you remember the name Eric Swan, right? I remember Lynn Swan. I don't think I remember. Eric Swan. I don't think so. Defensive end, Arizona Cardinals. Okay. All pro. Remember that name? Nah, Check it out. I'll, you get a chance. I'll Google it. You know, where do you think he come from? He ain't go to no college. <laughs> what do you think Barry Word? Remember Barry Word? Remember him? No. Went to Barry Word. Remember I'm uh sorry, I'm not great. Major I'm not Harris. Okay, well, Major Harris. You know, they, these guys played in the NFL. But these guys played here first. We went up there and played. Uh, we, we was going to put a franchise out there, the West Virginia Lightning. And they played the Washington Chiefs. And the Washington Post, everybody was there. The Washington Chiefs were no match for them. And they wrote on the front page of the Washington Post, the Washington Chiefs was hit by lightning because they beat the Washington Chiefs 68 to 28. You know, but the fact that you had these guys 
here and then went to the next level. Now, even me and Bobby joke about this now. He said, what school did Eric Swan go? Eric Swan was picked before Bobby Wilson. <laughs> and you know he was the Redskins in one draft job. <laughs> but see, these are guys that that people don't know and where these guys come from. You you see a lot of guys now that the uh, different NFL teams were pulling off practice uh, squad, uh, practice team, they say, well, who is this guy? We never heard of him. You give these guys a chance, but you can't sit home on the on the couch and look at the game. You have to, it has to be a developmental league. You saw the national championship game, right? Yes. Everybody just knew Alabama going to beat Georgia. I told everybody I should have sold some shirts and said, y'all, you're next. Alabama told, uh, uh, in the middle of that field, they say, told Alabama, do you remember us? Alabama, uh, Georgia beat Alabama because what happened? When their star players went down and they brought them, them backups in, the kids wasn't ready. You ain't playing four years. And you expect these kids to be developed. Now, they're good athletes, but you have not played in no game situation. You can't win like that. That's why the kids look so out of place. You notice that? Mm-hmm. That's why we was telling kids it's better to go to a school that you're going to play as opposed to being on the team for four or five years. Yes, you got the rings and bowl rings and all that, but you get in the NFL camp, oh, he played at Alabama, let's give him a look. You're exposed because you never played. That's why it's so important for the NFL. We're the only developmental league in the country, the only mm-hmm. one. You got to develop guys. You can't just throw them guys. I feel sorry for them guys. Oh, that receiver should have caught that. He ain't playing four years. You throw him in the national championship game. <laughs> time. Come on. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. just don't make sense. That's why it's so important to have a developmental league. <laughs> you have to have these guys ready. NFL, and you tell me if I'm wrong, the NFL, the line play of the NFL is the worst it ever been in years. It's not it's not that good anymore. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. The line, because these guys, they not developed. You get a guy because he went to a certain school, but did he play? And I'm a Giants <laughs> fan, so I know how bad the offensive and defensive lines have been. Uh, and I watch that a lot. So it hasn't been. What too about bad. the Washington team? They, they, they got a good terrible. defensive line. Let me say this to you. You can play the NFL is different from college. Like, you get a lot of these guys like Chet Young, everybody, nice kid, but that's college. When you got better players than everybody else, you're supposed to be people. But when you get in the NFL, things are a lot different, a lot different. Okay, when you was manhandling people in college running by, these big tackles in the NFL, once they got their hands on you, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're done. So they talk about the line play, and I tell people all the time, the NFL is great. But it's also not for long. That's what the initials really for. The NFL, not for long. MFL's coming for you. You know, so we we're not coming for no one. We just want people to understand that this is an opportunity that you don't find outside of college to professional football. Some guys got good jobs and they just still have it in them. It takes five to six years to get football out of your system, especially when you've been playing since you've been six years exactly. old. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you can have a job making two hundred thousand a year. You you still have that in you. And we play during the summer, June to August. We done. I don't know. If you had the opportunity to go on the uh, the website 
as you notice, you've seen all them championship rings up there, right? Mm -hmm. Those are Washington Chiefs championship rings. <laughs> I coached them then. No, no, my uh -huh. reason for saying that, we had kids that come from all over the country. We had to get them jobs and everything. I said, I can't do this. I want guys to stay in their hometown or their home, their state. And that's why we want to put the team there. We don't want guys trapped and have to get a job. Stay where you at. You got jobs there. And now you got your whole community coming out to look. You're only 25 years old, 24 years old. You know, your career is not over. We don't sign guys 30 or something that's too old because the NFL, the free agency stopped at 28, but you have to be in the league. Mm -hmm. So we tell we tell young guy, we want to develop you guys, you know, and we want to do some things that, you you know, a lot of people are not going to take time with you. But, you know, it, it, everybody want to play in the NFL. It's just a dream. But it's a dream. And sometimes you got to wake up from the dream. You know, you might sleep good, but you got to wake up, right? At some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? some point you got to wake up. If you don't, you know, that means something else happened to you. But you got to understand that this is an opportunity that will never happen again. And that's why we say the MFL is the laboratory of change. I love it. I think it's important. I think it's it's great. It gives people hope. It gives people a chance. As you said, like just because you're done playing college and you don't make it to the league, like how is there nowhere else or nothing else to do? You still want to play football. You're 22, you're 23, you're 24 years old. You still want, you, you, you've loved this sport your entire life. Why not get that opportunity to play? So I think what you guys are doing over there at the MFL is very important. Richard, this has been Dr. Richard Miles, this has been absolutely fantastic. You you earned that, Doctor. I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. Thank so you. I, I think this has been fantastic. I'm curious. Like, let the people know who are listening. Like, where can they learn more information? Where can they watch some of these games? Where can they find their local teams to see if they want to go out and watch some of these games? Come, uh, come, uh, come more months. June. We'll get there. Yeah, June, June. We start in June. We like six months out. But you know, thank you. I appreciate you having us. Yeah, you can go to our website, mflishere.com. We on YouTube, Facebook. Instagram, uh, uh, LinkedIn. I mean, you can easy. I, like I say, thank God for the social media. We are signing players now uh, because of COVID. We're not going to go. I'm not going to do the camps no more. But we signed 60 players per team. So that once you sign, then we're going to sign you to that franchise and get ready for the season because we're not going to um, do a lot of travel because of COVID right now. We want to be a little careful with that. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for internship, uh, marketing, PR, you know, sports management, you know, trainers, you can come here. Sports journalists, you know, we have the MFL network, you know. So, you know, we have all these things available. Dance team, you know, we got great dance teams. I know you had an opportunity to see that kind of surprise you, huh? So, we, you know, we end up with a carbon copy of the NFL. And I tell people, you know, you don't have to invent the wheel. Uh, but what we're doing, we're more uh, more advanced than what the NFL doing. They they comfortable now. You know how you get you get you the big fat dog happy. on the street. Yep. So you fat and happy. But you know we still hungry, and we want to give young men an opportunity to play ball. We want you to get an opportunity in a safe environment. We, we you play. It's a very professional league, as you can see. Uh, a million dollar worth of insurance in case of injury. We travel, we take it to traveling, the hotels, we feed the players. We also provide the uniforms for the teams. And uh, uh, our logo is almost similar, but they're different as you look at them. They, they, they're different. When you first look at them, you're like, wait a minute. But they're different. Absolutely. And like I say, why invent the wheel? Yeah. 
No, I, I love it. And I think it's important, right? And just the, the fact that you have the players. But I think the more interesting part, and, and as you kind of talked about, it, is the opportunity that you're giving people in the community to, to enjoy, but also be a part of it. As you said, there's internships, Absolutely. there's all these things. So I'll make sure to have the website on the uh, in the show notes on YouTube. I'll put it in the podcast yeah, as well. So if it. anybody wants to check that out, I know I have a lot of college kids listening to this show, high school oh. students. If they're interested in that kind of stuff, this is Please. this is a legitimate opportunity where you can cover a football team. I think that is super cool, and you don't get those you don't get those opportunity. That is something that's gonna that's gonna bump your career. That's gonna make you much better. You're you're gonna be a lot different. I can guarantee that than some of the other people applying for those jobs. So, Dr. Richard Miles Senior, this has been absolutely fantastic sincerely appreciate it appreciate you thank giving you. me some of your time as well as listeners the only thing oh. we don't get more of so thank you thank you thank you for giving me some of yours so i appreciate everybody out there so i hope you enjoy it thank you so much thank you for having me pleasure is all mine bye everybody okay